Hey, welcome to Closed Comments, the only podcast recorded in a parking lot. I'm Nick. I'm Sam. I'm the one in the parking lot. Yes. Unless uh, you are, and I'm not aware of it. No, but I think at a certain point, it, this could just become the parking lot podcast, in which case I'm all for it, if it means that I have better Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should give some context for people who are just listening to this episode that I record this podcast from my car in a library parking lot usually when it's empty as it's starting to get dark <laughs> if you're new here close comments is a no stakes game show where we dredge the internet for comments on various topics um, pulling them from all sorts of sites any place where somebody can type on their keyboard a little a little review or comment we're we're gonna find them um, and it's pretty apropos that sam is at a library because this is our second episode about books yeah this is the book club episode the second book club episode second book club. as we know we do things in twos here so but yes these will comments will be from barnes and noble website amazon goodreads reddit youtube i'm sure people are reviewing books on although i didn't get any but i, I feel like i maybe could have done that is to look on what people are saying on booktube i don't know if there's such a thing but there is Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, and I should say, we brought comments on five books each, so whoever gets more wins and ties are possible. Very, very possible. Ties are point. almost encouraged by both hosts because we really help each other a lot. Yeah, it's not, right, we're it's not, not trying a to make it, mega competitive game show. Right, you know, we're not making it super difficult. And if like, we, as long as the comments are good, and I felt like, I felt like this week I got some pretty good ones. Uh, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure, I can start us off. So my my first comment is coming from Amazon, and it is from Lan Tran, who gave this book one star. Just thought that the readers will find it interesting to see what a Japanese person thinks about the authenticity of this book. Who would have thought? All those reviewers on the back of this book are Caucasian. Not one is Japanese. Oh, yes. And the Japanese person with her opinion below is the book that the book is written about. If you really want to find out about the world of blank from a blank, why don't you read her book? I, I, I blanked out because I feel like you'd know it immediately. I think I do. I think I even picked up a copy of this book recently because it's on the free shelf at the library. Oh, um, the best the best place to find books. Yeah, the place to find all books. Is this Memoirs of a Geisha? Correct. Memoir of a Geisha? It is. It's Memoirs of a Geisha. But it's one book. It is one book, yes. <laughs> I didn't say the ending line, which this person, Lan Tran, said, Geisha A Life by Minako Iwasaki. So I guess that was the name of her book, who this, I forget his name, I guess, stole her story? Really? Or something. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the whole story behind, I guess, Memoirs of a because it's written by, and then the movie, the movie's also made by a white man. I um, have seen the movie. Yeah. It was made by the guy who did Chicago. Yes. Don't know his name off the top of my head, but yes, should have wrote it down. It's like Rob something. Mm, Marshall? Yeah, Rob Marshall, the musical director. But yeah, that was, you got it right off the bat. I have another comment. This is by Emily D on Amazon as well. Five stars. Such a nice read and romantic and a slow and like a dream. I've read this many times and will read it again. The imagery Golden creates puts you in a mid-century Japan. Even when you have to stop, the tranquility or passion or tension still lingers. I enjoyed it very much. People seem, from all the comments I was reading, to seem, I have not read this book, but seem to say that it is uh, very vivid and really it places you in the story like nothing they've ever read. I didn't read enough of it yet to see if I like it or not. I did see the movie and the movie was okay. And it's kind of set 
after or before World War II? Yes, because I believe it ends or with... Or during. Maybe it happens kind of during. I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit during, but I think I remember the end, at least the ending of the movie has, it's like the end of World War II. What made you pick this, by the way? It's my girlfriend's, one of her favorite books. I, I was interested because she was always telling me what the problems were around it, like why it's like, you know, she like likes it a lot, but she like understands like, oh... Why did the author consult with like the geisha to like get her approval? I guess so. I was like, what are people are people going to say anything about that? And I found yeah, this one person being all very hey, ask the Japanese people what they think. Yeah, what was the general tone of the comments? The general tone for five star was like what I was saying, how it was extremely vivid, and then I would say for one star, it was all about saying how they shouldn't trust this person's opinion or story because it's not truthful. Like I guess he recorded all of their conversations, so he was drawing from actual accounts of what it's like to be a geisha so i feel like it has some truth and merit to it that maybe you know maybe she wouldn't want to write a book otherwise i don't know if she wrote that book in response like this is actually my story because maybe she never would have wrote it anyway because i don't know i feel like for this time i was definitely looking for certain kinds of books instead of stumbling upon the street fighter one street fighter one was interesting yeah so my first one is by anonymous on barnes and noble uh gives this two out of five stars and says the book looks great, but I was really surprised when I opened it and saw a picture of a jumping Jew, quote unquote, with a big hooked nose, wild hair, and gold coins falling out of the pocket. I read the story and it wasn't Mark Twain-esque where the supposed evil race is actually decent. I decided to return it since I didn't want to have to explain to my daughter why a Jew was depicted in this way. So right off the bat, for some reason, coincidentally, both the comments, uh, race-based comments (laughs) well (laughs) this is an older book think of an era when it would be okay to have a a jumping jew in your book is it fiction yeah it's definitely fiction oh okay because i was gonna guess mine comp kind of moved off from having like a saddam hussein book (laughs) right there's no uh books by dictators in this episode at least on my end oh wow okay can't speak to that jumping jew and i have another comment as well if the other comment will spell it out a little bit more yeah I almost have like no guess currently. Is it like, is it a picture book or is that just? It's just a picture in the book. I think there's art in the book, but it's not really a picture book, picture book. I mean, to be fair, I don't think there's quite enough for you to go on the first one. So why don't I just read the second one and I'll be surprised if the second one doesn't tell you what it is. Okay, so the second one is by Anonymous on Barnes & Noble. Gives this five out of five stars. I read this cover to cover on the commute to and from work. The book looks beautiful and held up very well to being carried in my backpack and read on a crowded train. It still looks brand new, and my impression is that it is built to last a good long time. Something I didn't remember about the stories was the rather striking number of older pagan fairy tales which had been given a quick religious makeover. The angels, devils, and saints in those occasional tales clearly would have been fairies, elves, and dwarves in the earliest incarnations of the stories. The Virgin Mary has been substituted for pagan goddesses, fairy queens, and witches in some of the stories, and various saints, Jesus, and God have replaced trickster gods in others. The effect is vaguely jarring and somewhat surreal, but again, reading between the lines a bit, one can fairly easily imagine what the original tales might have been like before being retold with nominally Christian characters. Is this the Grim Fairy tale? Yes, it is correct. It's a sort of the Barnes & Noble Grimm's fairy tale collection. It's this big blue bound book of, I think, the complete 
Grimm's Fairy Tales? They're not included, but I was looking at the comments on Goodreads for this like anthology, I guess. Yeah, I think um, fairy tales are one of those things where they've saturated everything to this point. But when you read the original ones, it's not that like everyone points out the, the originals are so much darker than the Disney versions or whatever. But they're also... I don't know. I can never get into fairy tales. There's something about like the storytelling style that just never connects to me with the like, you know, the really old, like ye olde kind of. Oh, I was going to say, is it told in like old English? I don't think it is, but it's just the story style, like the tropes of the fairy tale. It doesn't suck you in in the same way. I don't know. Are you a fairy tale head? <laughs> I'm not. I don't I don't think I've ever. I'm sure I would know the what the Grimm's fairy fairy tales are. I feel like I have noticed whenever I go to like a Barnes and Noble or something that there's always like a new copy with like new artwork. Yeah, that's the funny thing I thought about this review is it's of the new reissue collection of Grimm's fairy tale. And presumably that drawing they're talking about about the jumping Jew is something that was added or at least printed in the new one. So I don't know if what they're... Oh, okay. I, I didn't see the actual... My big regret is in the preview, I wasn't able to look at the preview to actually see what this image is they're talking about, like if it really is what they're saying or not. But yeah, so apparently um, Barnes & Noble included that in their new complete <laughs> Grimm's, Grimm's fairy tale. You have to have the jumping Jew as a beloved character in the... In the I don't even... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where that like fairy tale that is. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what story that would be from. For a bonus point, if you ask me Is that. it Rumpelstiltskin, maybe? <laughs> Are they just mistaking it? Are they just mistaking oh, it? Oh, maybe. Maybe just no, there. I just didn't even know. Yeah, they're just assuming it's like it's supposed to be a Jew or something. Oh, that makes that elf. comment Darker, or yeah. something <laughs> they're just like completely getting it wrong so tied so, up tied up one to one got my little notepad my next comment is from reddit this is from reddit user oaks 121 and says i teach it every other year to my sweat hogs at a private school the students love it is he going to students sweat hogs <laughs> I think. <laughs> so this is some English teacher. This must be some classic that is on the syllabus, no? Would you, would you say this is a classic? Yes. You teach it every year. Every other year. Every other. Sorry. To my sweat hogs. <laughs> now, I haven't read this book in a bit. I wasn't sure if sweat hogs was in the book. So I included it because maybe you would like instantly get it. Mm. But I also thought sweat hogs was funny. <laughs> is this Hannibal? The sequel to Science of the Lambs, where Mason Verger wants to feed Hannibal to his carnivorous pigs. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know Hannibal Lecter? I mean, I know Hannibal Lecter. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> well, I didn't there's know a character book. in Hannibal Lecter who wants to get revenge on Hannibal by feeding him to his pigs. So, oh, okay. Anyway, have a f fuck. I just cut that part out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. So, this is a book conceivably, it could have hogs in it. Yeah. And it's not Huckleberry Finn. No. <laughs> is the author of this book alive? Let me look. Oh, so conceive so he could be. I didn't say it was a he. Is it not a he? They are still alive. <laughs> and you've read you've read this book. Yeah, I do remember reading it. I don't I don't remember like a lot about it, to be honest. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I remember this is like, and like all the comments on, well, I have another comment, but all the other comments on that I've been reading for this book, um, people say how much like, oh, even the kids in the class that didn't like to read loved it. Watership Down? No. Okay. Uh, do you have any other comments? I do. I do. Okay. And this is from uh, Barnes and Noble. So I did two separate ones for this book. This is by 
anonymous you guessed it who gave this prolific reviewer prolific uh afraid one star the prose of blank is utterly deplorable it isn't just se hinton's young age that makes me doubt the authenticity of its label as a classic it's the quality of her writing the development of her plot everything this book did not cause any feeling whatsoever for me people have been telling me that this is book is sad i beg to differ certain events may have been sad by themselves but given hinton's extremely poor writing ability i was able to see them with a straight cold and uncaring face i saw no reason to be sad the book did not give me reason to be sad. Hinton's writing did invoke any sort of sadness in me. I think that any one of the people in my English class could, right now, at their young Hinton-like ages, write a book that far surpasses the quality of blank. And I simply cannot understand why we are using a novel written by a, this mere child, a student, who is nearly the same age as we are, analyzing it like it is a piece of great literature. Frankly, the thought of it makes me sick and disgusted. Hinton. So yeah, so I was wondering if you were going to know who the no, I author, don't. Don't author worry. was immediately. Don't worry, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is someone who was what, like 12 when they wrote it? They wrote this book when they were 17. 17. I believe, okay. 17, I believe. It's pretty um, nuts. Uh, wasn't Mary Shelley? Uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she wrote, wrote was, yeah. This author, as you can tell, her name is S.E. Hinton, and she had to like not go by her actual name because it wouldn't probably do well if it was written by a woman. Yeah, I think that was, uh, or still is kind of a common thing. Yeah, I don't know Hinton. So this is a... Because I was thinking along the lines of like Little Women, that kind of book. Wait, what genre would say this book? Just like a coming of age type book? Yeah, I would say it's like the the go-to for like loss of innocence. At least for me, this was a middle school read. And you, you don't have any other reviews for... Um, I don't. I will note something for maybe you who's also been browsing Barnes and Noble. And at least for me for this one, have you noticed that there maybe was like some teacher somewhere who said you have to write a short response to the book on Barnes and Noble and then I'm going to go look and find it because I feel like a lot of these are written like students in an English class were told to like turn in a paper like the prose of blank is utterly deplorable like a lot of them were like this is my review of blank and the what reason i thought this was what and i don't know if it was just like maybe there's like a younger crowd on barnes and noble like commenting like some people were like yeah i'm gonna read this next year in my in my middle school class did you notice anything like that for any of the books i didn't really notice that at least half of the reviews are anonymous so i don't know as the teacher how you verify who was posting their yeah class assigned that's, that's true comment on the Barnes & Noble page. Unless they were ending with like, this is for Miss Vicky's class or something. I didn't notice the class assignment part, but I did notice that whenever anyone quotes anything on the Barnes & Noble site, it's illegible. Oh, like, there's yeah. all these <laughs> yeah, and I definitely had to... AMP, like yeah, you can't yeah. read anything that anyone quotes on that site at all. It's Which makes me some such maybe a believe... fucking mess. Yeah, and it kind of makes me believe that I think at maybe one point they switched their website and maybe that's why the anonymous like turned into an into anonymous because maybe the accounts got moved. Or oh were no, I think you're right. Yeah, because under some of the comments it says originally posted at Barnes and Noble or something. So oh yeah, and this one is like site they had. This one, the the deplorable one, was eight years ago. So they've definitely <laughs> it's a very old one. Has this been a movie? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Not sure if it has any straight influences, but I know there's like movies that you can be like, oh, or movies. Oh, yeah, specifically movies, I guess, in my mind that are like, oh, this is a direct like comparison to this. Is it a unique yeah. like structure of a story or is it just? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the structure. I would just say like, it's like, yeah, it's the characters. They're very, they stand out in your mind. It's like, maybe I'll say like an ensemble 
of characters, you know. Was Scooby Doo originally a book series? <laughs> no. <laughs> the Hardy Boys. Ah, oh, yes. Nancy Drew. Who even wrote those? Hardy Boys and Nancy. Oh, um, some dinosaur, I'm sure. Is this Boxcar Children? <laughs> no. It's like the ultimate, like, again, like the loss of innocence. Like, this ultimate. is like a book. A book, like, you maybe read that you're like, whoa, so, like, kids my age can die, you know? So there's a death in the book. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you didn't read this. It's... But you definitely know about it. You definitely don't recognize the name of the author. Um, yeah, you definitely know about this book. God, uh, fuck! I think I'm gonna regret it as soon as you say what this is. But I think, <laughs> yeah, probably. I think I'm going to have to admit defeat on this one. Okay, Sam. So this was the Outsiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely did read this. I just didn't remember the name of the author. Yeah, I guess I didn't even know it was a child. But yeah, I guess a lot of the negative reviews are like, what the hell? It's not even good because she's so young. Right. Yeah. Who died in it? It wasn't Pony Boy, was it? It was no. the, his brother or someone. I, well, it was one of the one of the group, I think, because I remember they die in a fire. Again, again, I, I could have looked a little more into all, all of these. I just was right. going for books I knew that were pretty popular. I guess if you wanted a, another hint, I don't know what. Because I'm pretty sure isn't Lost Boys supposed to be like the outsiders? Probably. I mean, you were right that it's a thing that I feel like a lot of things have imitated. It's about like greasers and yeah, the it's other like. Thing. They have like a certain name. I forget what it, what they're called, though. Wasn't this Tom Cruise's first, one of his first movies he was in? Pretty sure the only person I can name is probably Matt Dillon. He could be in it. I'm not even, I'm not sure. I don't think he played the main character, but I think I have seen pictures of young Tom Cruise from The Outsiders. Mostly in just comparison shots between him as a like teenager and him now. Mm, yeah. Uh, like Thomas, <laughs> yeah, exactly, with the overlapping tooth or whatever. Yeah, he like a tooth, fix. like right down his nose. Yeah, that was back when he was Thomas Mapafor, that fourth or whatever. Oh, <laughs> I think that's his name, isn't it? Tom Cruise. I think it's Thomas Metapafor the fourth. Tom, the Thomas Thomas Cruise Mapother the fourth. So one one, and my second one, Geo thirteen hundred gives this four out of five stars on Barnes and Noble. And says, required reading, a must for any student of human behavior. Oh, is that it? That's it for this one. There are some other um, ones too. A must. And somebody who still has an account on Barnes & Noble. Interesting. Not anonymous. Yeah. Geo 1300. Think of what a, like a student, what would a student of human behavior? <laughs> is there like a book on like Pavlov's dog? Or something? Mm, maybe Pavlov's research papers or something like that. Funny thing about like Pavlov's dog is it was a completely accidental discovery because he just wanted the saliva and he developed this way to get the saliva by creating that anticipatory response and really like he was just obsessed with saliva for some reason <laughs> and but people, people he, don't and, remember that part yeah i wonder if after after everything was said and done he was like yeah i still wish i'd gotten more saliva i don't really <laughs> care about this whole other thing that i discovered <laughs> this like revolutionary psychology thing that now is taught everywhere <laughs> Exactly. I yes. just wanted spit. So the next one I'll give you is Anonymous on Barnes & Noble. Gives this 5 out of 5 and says, For those who want to read the thoughts of a bad man, the author was vain, a liar, gained wealth and influence by any means. He was a key player in the government of Florence in the 15th century, along with the Medici. They were bank owners, they lent money and got more back and broke bonds doing it. He was an associate of the most corrupt popes in history. His interests outside himself were to preserve himself. Towards the end of his life, he decided to write as to how to make it in a social class like that. 
a book of strategies of exploitation and coercion. I give it five stars because one cannot help but admire such a crook and how honest he is about how he became one. True story, too. God, I have no idea. Is it like something about like Dostoevsky? It's uh, Florence, so different in Yeah, Italy. that's I know. I've, I've just thrown out a name to sound smart. Is it something um, about the Knights Templar? No, the Knights Templar are not involved. <laughs> okay. This book actually came up last episode. Oh, did it? Oh, yes, well, good thing yes. you haven't released the new episode because I haven't listened. Uh, and I, yeah, good thing you. there's no way you'd remember what happened. Uh, of course episode. not. And I'm always reminded on the next episode about, oh, yeah, why don't we talk about this? Yeah, so not the Knights Templar, but this is medieval or technically Renaissance, I guess. This goes back to what we talked about with like medieval self-help. Today, this book would be called like CEO Mindset or something. Are the and it's Involved? No, druids are not involved. It's a famous book, and it's kind of coined a phrase to like describe someone that's oh power hungry or something like that. Killmonger. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. Power hungry. Blitz Calculating, green. self-serving. Frank Underwood like would be. Um, you brought up House of Cards last week too. <laughs> yeah, describing this. Oh, okay. Um, shit. Somebody oh, wasn't, yeah, you're right. somebody oh, wasn't no, listening. No, no, no. I do remember. I, okay. I, definitely, I definitely know the conversation, but in my mind, I don't know what the book is. Well, you guys give up. You're right. One I step am. closer to a tie. <laughs> Italian, though. Medici. Yes. yes. Um, closer. Closer. <laughs> is the name of the book like one word or is it like a, like a sentence? It's two words, but one is an article. Like the blank. I can read another review if you want. Want me to pull up another review? No, I feel like I don't deserve it. Okay. Uh, I give up. Okay, so this was The Prince by Machiavelli. Oh, for sure. Do you recall our discussion? I remember you talking about it, but I just don't also know this book. So. Well, it's, you know, it's about self-serving leadership, I guess, or dealing with the world as it is, not how you'd want it to be, I think is the way people describe how he thinks of leadership and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe we have to have a future rule that there can't be any callbacks to past episodes. <laughs> callbacks? I thought I was making this one easy. You were, except I didn't look up that book at all after you said it. I will make a note to only include books that Nick has top of mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so I maybe all right. Then, well, you know what? If that's how you think, this next review oh, great. <laughs> here's something you've brought up semi recently that you enjoy. So I want to know if you get this one. that I enjoy or that I've actually read. Mm, I just see. like the idea of it. <laughs> okay, Sam. So it's currently one to one. We both miss, but here's your chance to get another point. This is a review on Amazon by Pepe Tonio who said, excellent reality-based story. Five stars. Being a college sports student, this story resonates and sparkles good and not good memories. Victory and defeat. And the price to get or suffer are elements that are brilliantly discussed in the book. Without ever living in the U.S., this story is so well-written that I could still relate to most of its content. The circumstance, the environment, but most of all, the drive to be someone, to become someone. A lot to learn from it, as the situation can not only be for football, but for almost anything relating to growing up, meeting parents' expectations, and as a parent to question ourselves to know better on what is best for our kids. Do you mean I mentioned this book specifically before, or no, that I just you... mentioned I watch football? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
is this it's better to be feared the book about the new england patriots uh dynasty <laughs> oh cool i'll read that book no it's not wait fiction or non-fiction i believe it's narrative non-fiction narrative non-fiction well wait let, let's see what they say it's not it's not non, it's non-fiction it's just straight up non-fiction the pat tillman story no was friday night lights based on a on a book it was what is this the friday night's lights book <laughs> correct it is are you kidding yes. <laughs> <laughs> a point for sam yes this is a book by uh his name is buzz bissinger so this is uh yeah this is about the texas high school football team that socially and racially divided a small town but i guess it doesn't matter when I'm, when the team's winning so it's funny i had no idea friday night lights was based on a book yeah, it's Sports Illustrated's best football book of all time, apparently. Wait, so did you pick that just hoping... Because I you brought up last time you just football, yes. <laughs> right, okay. I'll make sure to include a book by a pro wrestler next oh, time. Oh, Did The Undertaker right. write a book? <laughs> no, I looked. There was a book that I think I might read at one point, which is by Mick Foley. It's called Blood and Sweat Socks. But I wanted it to be like more like The Dark Side of the Ring. You ever watch those, that documentary like series? No, I haven't. I should let you know, I know next to nothing about wrestling. Oh, okay. I know that, what is even the wrestling organization? W... W... WWE. Yes. WWE. I know that WWE makes movies, and one of the movies they made was the sequel to the Leprechaun horror franchise. <laughs> Oh my god! I know they, yeah, they, I definitely know they make a lot of bad moves with like John Cena and like other wrestlers. But anyway, to bring it back in, Sam, do you think you're going to read the Friday Night Lights book now that you know it exists? I'm probably more likely to read the wrestling book. Okay, have you seen the show or movie? I've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I've only I haven't seen the movie, but I've watched I think like five episodes of the show. Like my other comment was going to be this person Celeste who gave it one star, saying, "Who gives this much of a crap about high school football?" Valid point. <laughs> I have trouble getting into sports movies, even of sports I like to follow. Have you seen Darren Aronofsky, The Wrestler? I have, yeah. And there's one yeah. part of that that's just etched into my mind. And that's when <laughs> he gets pissed off in the supermarket and punches the cheese grater. <laughs> that scene, I just remember. I just imagine what it would feel like to be angry enough to punch a cheese grater and get your knuckles shredded like that. That's funny you say that because my favorite part of that movie is when he's at the deli counter just doing normal work. <laughs> I feel like it goes on for a little too long, but I like that. I'm like, I could watch Mickey Rourke serve cheese and meat to, to a little old ladies all day. And he was a great wrestler in that, I thought. Not necessarily like the moves, but like the way he looked. Like he, right, yeah. But he that's, that's like a, a that's kind of like a, yeah, it's like kind of like the dark side of the ring, kind of like this is like the life of somebody whose like glory was like them playing a character. I feel like I, I would love if there was more like documentaries about wrestlers like that that were more honest. Yeah, I don't think Darren Aronofsky makes movies that aren't the dark side of blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like the whale. I've Black still haven't Swan. seen the whale. Yeah. Black Swan is great. I love Black Swan. To bring it back, my next one. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but it was mentioned in last episode. For fuck. <laughs> um, this one might be a little easier to get, though. This is from Barnes & Nobles again. And Brandy Girl gives this five out of five stars and says, I have always wanted to read this. If you are interested in this time period, you will enjoy this book. I feel very bad for what Anne and her family were put through. I wish we knew who betrayed them. The Diary of Anne Frank? Correct. Yes. This is the Diary of Anne Frank. One of the other reviews that 
I wasn't sure to include because he quotes a lot of things. And on the Barnes and Noble site, like I said before, the quotes are unreadable. But <laughs> one of the other reviews of the Anne Frank book says, not all it was hyped up to be. This is a one-star review. Storyline was intriguing, but the cliffhanger ending was done in poor taste. Additionally, not to be a grammar Nazi, but shouldn't it be? And then he quotes a bunch of things. Not this. And then he quotes some more stuff. And zero out of 30 people found that one helpful. <laughs> but yeah, so this is the Diary of Anne Frank. And someone else also referred to it as a YA book in the comments, which I guess it is written by a young adult. But I think of YA books as like, you know, dystopias that are metaphors for high school, not necessarily like a real life dystopia. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I've decided that with my last two books, I'm going to have the harder one be the last one so that potentially there won't be a tie. What's the Um, score, by the way? The score is currently two to two. This is, we're going back to Amazon. This is a review from J. Kim, five stars. I wish my family was known for being so cool to think of a big old dog. That was the title. Anyway, here's the rest of the review. (laughs) Gee, I wish my family was known for being so cool to think of a big old dog with burning phosphorus. Way cool. But this was elementary in the sense that there was only one storyline pretty much instead of weaving through several with music, with gypsies in in the distance and more of an alarming risk for Holmes, whereas in the situation, he was a bit too smug, as this was a strange off track, easy criminal. First of all, he is more prone to take the new shoe than the one that he should get for the dog to sniff. Hmm? And the note with peace together here and that women are when few subscribe then to easy. (laughs) (laughs) This review goes off the rails. Stay with me. But that shoe thing gets he takes the new shoe instead. That just kills me. And how did that dog get fed and chained and etc. Too weird. Someone else obvious, but the spooky father, all white and emaciated, with too much of sun, all by themselves in this spooky place with twin towers, when Manchester was nearby and etc. They all would be them by themselves. Weird. As Holmes and who could Watson, across brothers, instead of fiduciary toward your client, shouldn't he think more of himself first? I mean, the dog almost went for him instead, you know, seriously. At some moment, I feel it's suspicious for the American to come by himself without his family or his wife, thinking of in his inheritance inheritance is easy to come by and that's all that came for me when a clear relation with his father is not made i wouldn't feel that i would to get to know the other two to see what really should be and who could take care of the land better and make more of his dynasty by it but that's just me as a bona fide crime inspector of sorts was there any punctuation in that review? <laughs> yeah, I, there was a lot of like weird punctuation. It sounded like something that would either have no punctuation or weird punctuation. When I say things with a little bit of a, like, hey, way cool, that's in capital letters. So there's a lot of capital letters in here. I'm impressed you were able to read that as coherently as you were. If I slowed down, it wasn't going to help at all. So I just had to keep going if I, if I sort of messed up. But that's pretty much how it sounded. And at the end, he said he's a real inspector. Yeah, that's the best. That, so yeah, that's... The last line is, but that's just me as a bona fide crime inspector of sorts. Imagine getting this guy to like solve a break-in in your house. Like if he, <laughs> if he actually talked like that in person. <laughs> like just and this is the part where dream of consciousness. Yeah. And the dog. And why don't you do this? And how about... <laughs> and why is your TV gone? And why don't you close the door? And why isn't it locked? Where are the... <laughs> like just an uh... endless wall of questions and details. This sounds like Hound of the Baskervilles. Correct. Right? <laughs> this is the only Sherlock Holmes I've read. And I, I don't know if it's the most popular. I assume it is. Maybe. I'm not sure. I know the the one with Irene Adler is well known. Oh, yeah. And then the one, the like last one where he dies at the waterfall or whatever. And, oh, okay. I don't know yeah. that one. Um, I 
don't think I've read Hound of the Baskervilles, actually, because I don't know the answer. Like, the dog was like some hoax, right? Yeah, again, yield English, but (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like from what I gathered, it was a real dog, but it was just a massive dog. Like, it was bigger than, like, Holmes expected. He was like, oh, actually, this would scare the shit out of anybody. It's not, like, the mythical one that they're saying it is, but it is it is fucking big. Yeah, I wasn't quite able to tell what the reviewer was saying about the dog itself. Is this something about, like, phosphorus or something? <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, because it's, like, it kind of has, like, red eyes, and it's, like, big, and, like, it breathes. Like, like I feel like it, like, breathes almost like heat is, like, kind of what is described. Anyway, here's another comment from Stephanie Mark with three stars that I was going to read first but i was like i'll just start with the gibberish and this one is called sherlock holmes is an ass yep holmes is still an ass and watson's hero worshiping is annoying however the plot was better than previous holmes books the mystery more mysterious and a decided lack of holmes until the end as seems to be common for sherlock holmes stories and also my reading of agatha christie mysteries everything was wrapped up quickly and neatly with a stage trap and a long detailed explanation by the detective in this case Holmes is to his confused sidekick, Watson. Isn't Sherlock Holmes being a dick kind of what makes the character, though? Yeah, I think maybe she was missing the mark. But I think that she liked in this book that (laughs) he wasn't in a lot of it. We're not like inside of Holmes is mine for a lot of it. Yeah, my favorite thing about Sherlock Holmes are the ones that have the least of the main character. (laughs) She is right, though, because old books often like explain things you're really familiar with, but in great detail. Like there's another Arthur Conan Doyle story. It has a mummy in it and he spends like a long time describing what a mummy is because people weren't as familiar (laughs) with what like mummies were yeah i seem to remember when i read jekyll and hyde i remember like reading it and obviously like knowing about given the arthur song but everything but it's like so obvious that he is both person and i feel like maybe when you're reading it in the time maybe somebody couldn't put those together like oh uh uh uh, dr jekyll's an upstanding man he could never be this mr hyde or something but it's like obviously (laughs) well i feel like for the time it was written people would have been like surprised by that yeah as before we had good foreshadowing technology yes my next one is also an older book and this is by always pouting on goodreads gives this three out of five and says i really wanted to like this book because the author is a likable person and i know he's so influential in horror but i couldn't do it the story is well written and original but the writing style was so dry and boring because it's a scientist recording their expedition and i had to drag myself through it there was just so much detail about things that weren't interesting when all i wanted to know was more about the horrible shit that was happening to them and then someone else replies to this review on goodreads says you really don't need to like the book because the author was a likable person because he was not he was a racist elitist egocentrical brooding arse but he wrote damn good stories though this is about sir isaac newton i don't know if he wrote fiction but this isn't isaac newton no <laughs> charles dickens uh no it's not it's horror <laughs> is it, it's horror so is it edgar Allan poe no uh, should i read the other one before you get it no is it rl stein mm, you kind of jumped <laughs> a little past the time period <laughs> Uh, an older book, eh? In between R.L. Stein and Edgar Allan Poe. 
Kubrick. Uh, Wait, I'm forgetting you're not a horror person. <laughs> but I should know this. Shouldn't it's I? not Stephen King. I'll say it's not. Stephen no, I King. yeah, I didn't. I didn't think you would do two Stephen King books back to back. Do you want me to read the other one? Yeah, read me another one. Melcat on Goodreads gives this four out of five and says, "My very first blank story. Obviously, it is a must-read considering the huge impact and influence his work still has on the world. The vocabulary can be a bit hard to understand if, like myself, English is not your first language." You may need to read it with a bit more care than usual, but I deeply enjoyed my first dive into the world of cosmic horror. I think the lack of characterization and dialogue is actually fascinating. The characters are only vessels for blank story and ideas. It is sad that Guillermo del Toro's movie project never came to life. I can only imagine how incredible this story may be rendered on screen with today's technology. My existential crisis and myself are glad to have finally come around to this book. I will for sure check out some of his novels next. Thanks to Peter for recommending it. Peter? And I have some hints, too, if you're still in the dark. Well, the Guillermo del Toro helped me. Is this... Yes. He's been attached to so many things, though. I know, but is this called In the Mouth of Madness? It has... You have, like, 60% (laughs) of the words. (laughs) Oh, shit. I I think you said all the words, just not in the order that they're... In the in the mountain in the in the mountain of madness. Okay, fine. I'll just I'll give this to you. It's oh um, yeah, man, H.P. Lovecraft at the mountains of madness. Oh, so yeah, fuck. more I or less. I don't deserve that. Are you familiar at all with Lovecraft? That might have to be my next thing I read, Sam, because I've never read any Lovecraft. I thought you might not have, but I thought his stuff is iconic enough that you can sort of understand Definitely. the things that people complain about and like about his stuff. Do you like H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah, I like his stuff. The funny thing about what he writes is he's writing in kind of an archaic style like he's trying to hearken back to older authors so he uses words that were kind of out of date even back then so now they're especially <laughs> out of date because the people he's imitating are Edgar Allan Poe and stuff who were before him but he's using kind of the words that they used back then so oh I can see how that could yeah interesting you know his whole like mythology is interesting to me the cosmic horror the old gods all that kind of stuff and he's spawned so many other things that kind of play around in his world are his books short yeah they're pretty much short story okay at the mountains of madness is what like 100 pages i think i'm sad that there's never going to be the gilmo de toro at the mountains of madness he had like that what is it the cabinet of curiosities isn't like a lot of those hp lovecraft i think one of them was but i heard that was the worst one oh I watched one of them, and it was the one with the paintings that make people go insane. Huh. Was that based on another, like, old... I think so. I don't know if that was the Lovecraft one. I just thought maybe if I said it, you would know it, but yeah. Nope. (laughs) Like, old horror is kind of hit-miss for me. Like, some of it just doesn't land at all. I like Algernon Blackwood, though. I don't know if you've ever... I don't know who that is. Any of stuff. He was kind of a little before Lovecraft, and he wrote, you know, The Willows he's known for. Oh, um, uh, okay. Less tentacles in his stuff. His stuff is more like gothic kind of folklore, like The Witch uh, or The Lighthouse. Right. The Lighthouse is uh, a very I probably connect more than that, yeah. Algernon Blackwood type story. Well, okay, Sam. So it's three to three. So you have a chance to get at least four. This is your hardest one, right? This is my hardest one. But, you know, I also thought maybe you you would have read this. This is Nancy's review. She gave this book four stars. Have you ever wondered why drug dealers still live with their mums, even though they are supposedly involved in such a lucrative business? Or why the crime rate in the USA dramatically dropped in the 1990s? 
or whether as a parent you are actually having an, any effect on your child's intelligence, you wouldn't think that these questions could be answered by an economist. But that isn't exactly what this book does. It takes data, crunches numbers, and comes up with some fascinating insights into some very real and often controversial questions. It is an entertaining read, and it's convincingly argued. I can see why the book was controversial, but does that data lie? I think it probably depends on who is looking at it. Freakonomics? Correct. There you go. I wasn't sure. I had no idea what this book was, Sam, but I, I was like, you know what, Sam, I know what this book is. I was debating between that and a Malcolm Cladwell book, but I wasn't sure which Malcolm Gladwell book it would be, like Outliers or something. Have you read Freakonomics, A Rogue I Economist have... Explores the Hidden State of Everything? I have not. It's like Stephen with a P and Stephen with a V are the authors. Yes, yeah, Stephen yeah. D. Levitt and Stephen J. Dubner. Um, and it has a picture of an apple that's an orange or an orange that's an apple. You got it. You're nailing it. You got it. You, sh- you almost deserve another point, but too bad. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I just was looking on like Goodreads for like other kinds of like famous books that maybe aren't fiction. So it's a book people don't like. Um, It looks like it gets like a 3.5 out of 5. And a lot of the reviews are saying that it's like oh he's just like asking questions and like showing us data but not doing anything other than that like yeah this person said joe gave this two stars he said the most interesting part of this book was the introduction four stars for presentation the prose is nearly invisible which i suppose in this genre is preferable to the alternative and the content is mildly interesting in a huh would you look at that kind of way but insofar as it meant that the vehicle was a larger framework for viewing the world this book is old news you mean it's shit's connected in weird roundabout ways get out of here conventional wisdom is often wrong superficial analysis is are lazy and inaccurate my head is spinning read some good poetry you hipster fucks i think you describe a lot of those kind of like pop science books in that way though i don't know if that's necessarily like means it's bad i seem to believe that a lot of people pick up a book like freakonomics expecting it to blow their mind and then they're like wait this is nothing that being said i haven't read it maybe it's exactly yeah neither have i <laughs> yeah, it could be who knows um, all right sam so i know I have, a, I have a it's my game to lose right now yeah what's the score again it's three four this one is from reddit and this is someone who started a discussion on this book and says i just read blank and i have to say wow sorry for the cheesy title haha but no really I was never that into reading books, so this is the first book I have read in a while, but it was amazing. I thought the main character was very intriguing. He reminds me of Walter White and how morally ambiguous he is. I also like how the book explores the guilt that comes from killing someone. Finally, I love how Russian the book is. I like how the characters will reference things in Russia like they're actually in the country. It makes it feel so immersive. Overall, I'm looking forward to reading more books. I never knew reading would be so much fun. And then Crazy Cat Lady responds to this and she quotes this person saying, like how the characters will reference things in Russia like they're actually in the country. And she says, what did you mean by this? And then the next person says, exactly. They are in the country. Well, that could so, listen. That person didn't read. So, so a my, Russian I, book. My favorite reviews and comments across the spectrum on this podcast are the ones like, you know, I'm not one to read, or you know, I've never seen a movie, but or, I, I haven't I, read this book, but <laughs> yeah, or the people are like, you know what, maybe I should read more, or you know, I should whatever. Like on our product reviews, people are like, I'm not one to buy. 50 pounds of cough drops, but 
let me tell you when i, and did, I never review things <laughs> yeah so that's when i know i'm about to hit a nice review some somebody who's really thought it out but anyway i have no idea what this is like they're in russia i mean it's a famous russian book i'll just say that what it's like to kill somebody is it the communist manifesto no it's not what other books are russian i could tell you other books this author has written if it would help would that help probably not uh, Notes from Underground, The no. Idiot, The Brothers Karamazov. Oh, fuck. I, oh, shit. I looked at that. That's also like on Goodreads, but if they're like, if you read Moby Dick, you'll love The Brothers Karamazov. I was thinking about that. <laughs> if you've read Moby Dick, I think this would be a good follow-up. And also, um, since I've referenced things we've talked about in last episode. Shit. This is, this is something we've talked about in this episode. <laughs> oh, and I think you brought him up. Dostoevsky? Yeah. Uh... Do you know the Fuck. name of the book? title? Title. <laughs> now you know how I felt with the outsiders. Uh, yeah, but I've had two of these moments in this in this episode, so I'm looking like a stupid idiot. Mm, okay. Not, I mean, I'm... I can guarantee when I edit it, I always I generally <laughs> feel like the stupid idiot. <laughs> I'm the freakonomic. Uh, I would think this would be in like kind of the back of your mind. Christ, it probably like think is. of War and Peace and then put two different words there. Sense and sensibility. I'm sure if we have any listeners, some of them are. Pulling their hair out. <laughs> listen, if you came into this podcast on the book episodes, I implore you to go back and listen to other episodes <laughs> where, where I'm more knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. Go back to the ones where uh, we explore memes. Those are fun for me. <laughs> the thing about Russian books also is they are all obviously translated. So I have trouble reading Russian books because I don't feel like some of the translations are very good at all. I'm just now thinking about that commenter saying that he didn't know that they were in Russia. He, was... <laughs> he said he liked that they referenced things in Russia as if they were actually in the country. Like all the comments <laughs> underneath this are just making fun of this person enjoying the book. Reddit is really the best for like people to be like, um, actually. Yeah, exactly. How many Russian books do you know? Just throw it I out. don't know a lot. Okay. I don't even. It's the Dostoevsky book that's not The Brothers Karamazov. I don't know the other one. <laughs> okay. Is this one more famous? I would say yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's just, I'm absolutely blank. Well, there's a Woody I... Allen movie that's like a play on oh. the title of this book called Crimes and Misdemeanors. Crimes of the Future. No. <laughs> okay. That was the best uh, hit I could think of. I don't deserve it now. Is it Crime and Punishment? Correct. Yes, it's uh, Crime and Punishment. <laughs> ding. I don't know if you want me to edit a ding right there. Uh, could this be the worst tie there's ever been in this show? <laughs> that's right. It is a tie. It's the second book club episode in the bag. I think that's all we got for tonight. Maybe resume one day. Yeah, we'll do another book club episode when I read Moby Dick. Uh, so yeah, talk to you next week. All right, see you then. Bye. I think that any one of the English people in my English class... What? Sorry. I... <laughs> Did he talk to her or he didn't talk to her? He just like, uh, found her book or something. You know, I, I could have done a little more, more research. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Towards the end of his life, he decided to write as to how to make it a social class like that. What the fuck? This review is... Okay, hold on. Um, okay, that's interesting. Anyway, completely... you can cut as much out of that as you want. But I'm just going to leave it all in. You know what? All right. I'm going right, yeah. to edit everything else except that part, and that's just going to be that long, that it's history fun. of wrestling. It's going to be the no. Nick's master class no. <laughs> wrestling from, you know, whenever it started to today. Um, Usually it's me leaving these long pauses in the episodes. I know. <sighs>
maybe it's because athletes are just boring. Like if you yeah, that's if true. you watch any interview with any athlete or anything like that, it's the most empty, boring person to listen to possible. Right. You want to like, listen the to least like, insight. Yeah. Right. You want to listen to like a football player like on a podcast, not about football, because then they can be themselves. I should do a super cut of just all of us, like us just going, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> no, the silence will speak volume.